0: on the hour. Sponsored by Rocket Mortgage.
1: I'm Steve Kafe, President Biden says Russia's Vladimir Putin should face a war crimes trial. CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. As he returned to Washington, the president made a beeline for the press start today. Mr. Biden pointed to scenes of
2: mass graves and bodies of civilians in Ukrainian streets, adding he sees Vladimir Putin
1: as a brutal war criminal. And then he made this pronouncement.
0: We have to gather all the
2: detail so this can be an actual, have a war crime trial.
1: In addition to calling for a trial, the president also said he'd be imposing more sanctions.
3: I'm Cammy McCormick. A senior defense official says Russian forces continue to reposition out of Kyiv and Cherneve, many moving to Belarus to resupply or be reinforced. As for Bucha, this official says, we believe the Russians would be brutal, and they have clearly been so.
1: The Democrat who heads up the Senate Judiciary Committee is preparing for a vote to send Katanji Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court nomination to the full Senate. This committee's action today is nothing less than making history. Dick Durbin of Illinois, the nomination of the first black woman to the high court, will move ahead even if it's an 11-to-11 11 11 split along party lines. Iowa Republican, Chuck Grassley.
4: He and I have fundamental
1: different views on the role of judges. A Senate vote is likely later on in the week. A major report is just out from U.N. climate experts. The
5: world's top diplomat brutally blunts. First and foremost, we must triple the speed of the shift to renewable energy. And that means moving investments and subsidies from fossil fuels to renewables now.
6: U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres blistering in his condemnation of governments and companies that he says continue to lie about and profit from the fossil fuel industry. The panel warning only immediate drastic cuts in carbon emissions can avert irreversible climate change. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London.
1: It's looking like another stormy week in the eastern lower half of the U.S. WCBS meteorologist Craig Allen.
7: Thunderstorms will become rather intense and potentially severe, and it runs from the lower plains, and it continues beyond the Mississippi Valley over into the Gulf Coast region.
1: Tesla CEO Elon Musk now has a more than 9% stake in Twitter after buying more than 73 million shares, a purchase worth $3 billion. Business analyst Jill Schlesinger.
6: Elon Musk is now Twitter's largest shareholder. He has previously criticized the company for failing to adhere to free speech principles.
1: And checking Wall Street right now, the Dow is up 43 points, the S&P 500 up 25. This is CBS News.
7: Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. Do you know what people see when they Google you? Search engines don't always get it right. And when they're wrong, it's your reputation on the line. So what do you do when you don't agree with your search results? Call Reputation Defender at 800-401-6681. Reputation Defender is one of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. We have over a decade of experience in fixing people's search results, and we can help you, too. Using cutting-edge approaches, Reputation Defender pushes unflattering information down to lower pages of your search results, where few people ever look. We also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top letting you put your best foot forward your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a google algorithm you owe it to yourself to take control with reputation defender visit www.reputationdefender.com or call 800-401-6681 for free advice on your situation that's 800-401-6681
1: just two teams left in the brackets. Tonight, a championship is at stake, along with bragging rights in thousands of office pools.
7: These are two schools with rich basketball traditions. North Carolina has won the championship six times. Kansas has won it three times. The two schools actually met for the title 65 years ago in 1957. It is one of the classic championship games ever. It went into triple overtime. North Carolina beat a Kansas team that featured the great Wilt Chamberlain, Steve
1: Futterman, CBS News at the Final
7: Four in New Orleans.
1: South Carolina won the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship. Destiny Henderson had 26 points in a 64-49 win over UConn. South Carolina is the first team to beat the Huskies in 12 NCAA Championship games. It's the second title for the Gamecocks under their coach, Dawn Staley. Steve Kathan, CBS News.
7: today's federal newscast, the Justice Department has charged three Army service members for allegedly having a key role in a criminal network that supplied guns to gang members in Chicago. DOJ says the soldiers, based at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, acted as straw purchasers, buying nearly 100 guns that are legal under Kentucky law and then selling them to the gangster disciples. The soldiers and nine other people were indicted for conspiracy to violate federal firearm laws. The commission in charge of renaming military properties honoring Confederate officers has a long
5: list to get through.
2: There's at least 758 different streets, buildings, bases, and other properties the naming commission will rethink over the next six months. The commission was created by Congress to readdress military properties that bear the name of Confederates. The commission's narrowed down a list of about 100 names to use as replacements. They include Dwight Eisenhower, Harriet Tubman, and Omar Bradley. The Defense Department has another two years to make the name changes. Scott Macioni. Federal News Network. Find these stories and more at
5: federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Eric White. Certain things in life just aren't fun. Having a cavity filled in that sore molar. Taking old paint cans to the dump. Threading your way through a seven-mile beltway backup. Then, of course, if you've climbed the corporate or federal agency ladder high enough, the privilege of hiring people. Posting jobs. Sorting through resumes. Interviewing people who forgot to spit their chewing gum out. And crossing your fingers you don't end up with a pig in a poke. Federal Drive host Tom Tammen here. Everyone, it seems, is looking to hire people. Federal agencies mostly do it the old-fashioned way, asking people to fill out forms saying how great they are and ending up buried in resumes somebody or some machine has to read. Now more agencies are using a better way to hire the right people faster, a way to make sure they don't hire a sociology major to run a printing press or a master chef to oversee a grant program. This process even has a special name for how it will help public service and service to the public. Check out my latest column at federalnewsnetwork.com.
6: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower & Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off-Center on Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now your host, Mark Amtower.
4: Welcome to Amtower Off-Center on the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today with my friend Matt
2: Donovan of the Merit Group. Matt, welcome to the show, man thank you mr amtower always happy to chat with the godfather of government marketing oh don't you
4: can call me godfather if you want but never call me mr (laughs) Uh,
2: oh boy uh your first time on the show right yeah i may have chatted with you a few years ago about um the content that we did you did did, did. yeah Yeah. i'm so
4: glad to be back
2: yeah and it's it's it's
4: my fault for not having you back sooner but That being said, tell people about you and Merit Group, please.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Merit Group is a marketing agency located in the D.C. area. We're right here in Tyson's Corner, and we specialize in working with technology companies pretty much on the the B2B and B2G side, so enterprises selling into other enterprises. I've been at the agency for 16 years now, and I lead our government practice. So my team specifically works with systems integrators, consulting firms, and tech companies that are selling into all levels of government. Well, you know, from my perspective, if you're here
4: six months, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to run away screaming or you're going to become addicted to the niche. And uh, 37 years later, I'm I'm one happy camper.
2: Um, I'm addicted. I'm addicted too. And I think you know the intersection and the interplay of policy and innovation, all the stuff that the government is driving forward. How cutting edge the DoD is. It's just it's fascinating. And I agree with you. If it's if it's not your cup of tea, you you get out of here. But uh, you know, I've been here for close to 20 years now. So. <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, there there ain't no escape, dude. That's um, just the way it is. Uh, so, Merit's been in the thick of things for a while. You guys got on my radar when you started partnering with Market Connections to do the studies, particularly the content study to which I'm addicted. What are the big questions that that companies are coming to you with? What what are their problems? What are their big issues as far
2: as you know communicating with the uh, the outside world goes? Yeah, I think a lot of them, especially the ones that are breaking into the market for the first time, they need to partner with somebody that understands how to communicate with the target audiences and the decision makers that are going to define success in the government market. So whoever their end user, whoever, whoever their decision maker is, they need help kind of navigating the space and also building relationships with the right folks to kind of build that brand and get that message out there. So whether it's being part of the right associations, attending the right events, communicating across the right media channels, you know, a lot of, you know, Silicon Valley co- companies or, you know, commercial companies that think they have a compelling solution for federal, you know, they're really breaking into the market for the first time and they, they need that guidance. And where we've really seen a lot of need and demand is that foundational message component of who are we in this market? What can we say to federal or, you know, state and local decision makers to establish trust quickly in the market? And then how are we taking that to market? And I think, you know, a lot of those channels that I mentioned before, but also digital is becoming more and more effective in terms of, you know, reaching folks on LinkedIn, on, you know, social media Using, you know, digital targeting to really, really hone in on, you know, who you're who you're, you know, customizing your campaign to reach. So.
4: Yeah, I, I've had conversations recently with uh, several of the people who've gotten recognition, cheap marketing types, and their one of their issues has been, you know, our executive leadership doesn't believe that feds use LinkedIn, that they're on LinkedIn. I've only found two and a half million feds on LinkedIn myself and 551 different company pages that, that cover literally the gamut. So I, I think they're wrong, but that doesn't stop the problem from the marketing side, selling the concept. So start with the, the, the digital side. you know what what are you guys doing to enhance a digital presence and and not the secret sauce but give me the broad picture
2: yeah absolutely and i think you know you're absolutely right there's this kind of old notion that you know government's still a in-person handshake business and i think i think there is some truth to that but you know to your point about how many folks are active and engaged on linkedin All of our campaign metrics say the exact same thing where whether we're doing an in-mail campaign or we're doing digital advertising across LinkedIn, we're getting really, really great traction, really great engagement. People are taking action based on the information or ads that they're seeing. And I think the other thing is the targeting is so much more sophisticated than it used to be. Just take a platform like LinkedIn where... You can deliver messages to specific roles within specific agencies, in specific segments of the market. And rather than taking a, a shotgun approach, you're actually telling that person who has a unique pain point how you might be able to help them. And that's so much more compelling than you know really broad advertising, which still has a place. but when that was kind of your only option, you know, just a, a decade or so ago. Right, and you know i I remember
4: the days when the trade pubs were a hundred plus pages. Forty percent of that was ads, and they they weren't cheap, and you were competing for mind share there as well. so on on that mind share thought, when when you're talking about a new company, talking about developing trust, how long are we talking about to get on the
2: radar and start developing that trust? Yeah, I mean, it it definitely takes time to do it right. But I think if you're intentional about building the message, and when I say that, it's really, really being attuned to the needs and pain points of the target audience and the agencies that you want to sell into. You know, I think it really starts there. Like, that's the foundation. To your point about trust, you know, as you kind of take that message to market, I think there are a lot of established brands that rather than build it yourself, you can leverage their credibility and their audience and their trust in the market. You know, I'm talking to like, you know, government executive or AFSIA, where they have this this credibility built up over you know decades and they've got events and awards and channels. And don't try to build it yourself. Try to build relationships with the folks that already have that trust and credibility. And then, you know, make sure your message is something that's going to resonate when you've identified the right platform.
4: Kind of like what your mom told you, you know, you're known
2: by the company you keep. That's right. That's right. And we, we do have a lot of companies that they want to build their own event. Oh, let's have our own federal symposium or let, you know, we're going to build our blog and I'm not against blogs, but, if you're gonna if you have great content you know go where the audience already is a lot of times that's an easier way at least to get started and then you can think about building stuff yourself after you've gotten a little bit of momentum and brand credibility in the market
4: but even then most companies and most individuals are not going to devote the time that it takes to build an audience it's hard you know i i'm fortunate because i was one of the early content producers as a marketer in our market and i've been producing now for over 30 years so i have i have you know a bit of a following and because of that i got the radio show and the column and wash tech didn't happen on its own volition it happened because i had the audience
2: and you had good content mark there's a lot of conversation in marketing right now where the innovation is on the tactics and the new platforms, right? And the channels. But if you have a bad message, all of that, (laughs) none of that matters. There's no digital campaign that can save a bad message. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like content being commoditized. That has not been my experience at all. It's, it's some of the toughest work that we do. It's the most creative. It requires the most domain knowledge. Good writers are at a premium. It is not an easy thing to do, and it's just so foundational if you want to have any success in the market that you know. I just it's it's absolutely critical.
4: Let's pick that up on the other side of this break. You're listening to AmTower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Uh, I'm here with
2: Matt Donovan of Merrick Group. Tell him the uh, website, please. It's merit m e r r i t t g r p dot com. There you go, uh, Matt and I will be back right after this.
3: The federal government is constantly evolving, and you want to evolve with it. Fed Talk is here to help. Fed Talk brings together the federal community on Federal News Network every other Friday morning at eleven. Brought to you by Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. On the next show, join a discussion on the future of federal conferencing. Panelists will outline the keys for a successful event and embracing the virtual and hybrid model in a post-pandemic world, FedTalk. Available on all major podcasting platforms.
0: Here's a highlight from Janice Haith, the strategic client director for the Department of the Navy at Oracle on the DoD Cloud Exchange sponsored by Oracle.
5: I would say probably 90 to 95% of the government's going to be commercial cloud. It's just taking a little longer, and that's resources that impact it. It's workforce training. It's the security protocols, and then making sure the vendors have the ability to do that and are willing to do that.
0: Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network.
1: Search DoD Cloud Exchange. Oracle Cloud redefines innovation with enterprise-ready solutions and integrated services, allowing government to build, manage, and secure mission-critical workloads seamlessly in the cloud or on-premises. Defense agencies trust Oracle Cloud with DISA IL-5, FedRAMP High, and National Security Cloud regions to support secret and top-secret mission data workloads. Learn more at oracle.com dod. That's oracle.com slash dod.
7: American Military University presents She Also Served,
5: true stories from women veterans changing the world one degree at a time. Kim Byers was in the Army for 30 years and received her bachelor's and master's degrees in Homeland Security from AMU, she says before her service. I was a skinny, scrawny person and I didn't speak much. I was very shy, not open about my opinion. But the military changed her and helped her come out of her shell. I think for me it gave me a sense of confidence, strong confidence. Especially because she was able to overcome challenges that went along with being a female service member. Being a woman in the military takes a lot of tough skin. You have to toughen up when you're in the military because there's a lot of people that want to see you fail. When you know there's people opposing what you're doing, you have to just work through them. So in that aspect, I would say that is the challenge. I'm Nick Einelli.
7: American Military University proudly serves our nation's military veteran community, offering a quality, affordable online education with over 200 programs respected by area employers. Classes start monthly. Start today at amuonline.com.
6: Wisdom served Daily. Experience the difference of the journalists at Federal News Network.
4: Welcome back to Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with Matt Donovan of the Merit Group. It's really weird. I was talking to a CMO this morning and she was asking me about what types of agencies did which things. And I threw out a couple of names and she said, oh, well, what do you think of the Merrick Group? And I, I said, well, Matt's going to be on my show later today. You know, just take this under advisement. I don't just let anybody on the show. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, Mark. People said that's a coincidence. No, it's not. It was meant to happen. And it was a comment that I was meant to make. So... On Content. Yes, I've got several books out. I have a column in WashTech. I blog on LinkedIn incessantly. And I try to add value with each touch. But oftentimes that value is reminding people of certain basics. Yeah. And the basics aren't going to change. The venues are going to change but the basics don't. So when you guys are producing content, when you're creating that message, what is the the first thing that you think of? Is
2: it the message or the platform or what? I think it we don't even think about platforms until we get the message right. And I think it really starts with the target audience. Really, I think there's a there's an empathy gap sometimes in marketing. A lot of people they want to start with how great their company is which, is, which could be true and is great. And they want to talk about how smart they are and their staff is and how unique they are. And all of that stuff is important in time. But if you're not starting with how you can help, right, like how you can help the thing that your potential buyer or potential partner or potential future coworker is looking for. You're going you're gonna to be off. So I think you got to put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're communicating with. And then if you can start there and work back, you're going to be in such a better position. We always look at, you know, we do competitive audits when we're, we're building messaging for a customer. And as soon as we see a company that's just talking about themselves, we feel like we're right, we're, we're going to be ahead of them you know, because, because we're going to be talking directly to the person that's going to make a decision on this contract, or we're going to be talking about the things that really matter, you know, to this segment of the audience. So, you know, it starts there, and then you can weave in some of the insight and the unique differentiators about the company as it relates to the pain points that you're solving for the end user. But boy, if you don't start there, I just feel like you're you're going to go further and further down the wrong path.
4: Yeah, I've seen adjectival fervor that could, you know, indicate the second coming, but it doesn't have a message. Yeah. So tell me what you do. (laughs) So you get this part done. Then, you know, budgets being what they are, marketing doesn't always get the biggest chunk. How do you select the venues that are going to be more – nothing's immediately productive, I don't think –
2: Where are you going to get the most traction early? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's oftentimes a mix. It always goes to where are your target audiences spending their time? You know, and I think the market connection study that you mentioned previously that we've partnered with them on is a great resource in addition to their media study where you get annual data on actually what people are reading, where they're spending their time, what events they're going to. So you can be really data-driven in this market if you have the right tools. And then, you know, you have to think about, all right, how do I maximize my budget? And I think typically where we land is digital can have a very, very compelling ROI in terms of cost per click, whether you're trying to drive brand awareness, you're trying to drive a specific action, drive them back to the website to do something but i also think those established communications brands or associations in the market are also just a great place to start because you're not spending a bunch of money building the audience you're leveraging the resources that are already there and these organizations that already have those audiences to you know spend your resources getting the message out so i think that's primarily you know where we start when we think about kind of activating a new client in the market and then, you know, there's a lot of nuances in terms of, you know, message process and how we get to the right the right output.
4: Yeah, so you, you had mentioned uh, government exec earlier. Everybody knows they've done uh, a few acquisitions in the last uh, year and a half. Federal News Network's been around for quite a while. Yeah, on, on their side. There's a lot of good places for content. I love your emphasis though, the, from the first uh, segment on associations because selecting the right association to partner with can open up not simply your traditional content conduit but potential speaking gigs as well. So I've spoken at a number of association events over the years. One of my favorites is AFSIA. Always great audiences and You know, they're there because whatever you're talking about is germane to what they want.
2: You know, they've built up the reputation for serving up educational, helpful, useful content, right? So, you know, whether it's an AFSIA or an ACT IAC or an NDIA, there's all these great associations that have platforms, whether it's, you know, speaking on a panel at a relevant industry event, they've got great outlets like a, like a signal magazine, but they also, you know, enable the opportunity to build relationships. So these companies, especially these new companies that are coming into the space, join a committee, become an FCA member. What better way to rub elbows with not only, you know, potential end users, but partners in the market. You know, a lot of these technology companies need to work with the big systems integrators, that operate around the Beltway. And those associations are unbelievable ways to get on their radar, build relationships, and find compelling ways to work together.
4: Yeah, and AFCEA has chapters everywhere. A couple years back, a guy called and said, you know, I've been trying to get it on the radar of Lockheed and I'm stuck out here in San Diego, and I'm not close to AFCEA HQ. And I'm going, are you aware that they have a chapter in San Diego? And you want to get on Lockheed's radar. Well, the president of the uh, San Diego chapter is from Lockheed. And he's a VP. Hello. There's some building blocks here. But, you you know, you know I write about relationships incessantly. Everything in this market is driven by relationships. You being on this show is driven by relationships. Um, You know, when I speak at APMP, the biggest – conundrum is, well, we're not going to bid on this because the agency doesn't know us. You know, whose problem is
2: that? Not the agency's problem. No, it's so. not. And that That's a great example, Mark, where, okay, the agency doesn't know us. That's fundamentally an awareness problem. And I think a lot of people, they talk about this market like it's, you know, it's backroom handshakes and it's relationship driven. And that is true. But if you are going to counteract that, You've got to get your brand out into the market. You've got to get your people out into the market, you know, communicating, you know, who you guys are, what you believe, how you can help. And, you know, that really starts at the awareness level where by the time you, you know, maybe secure a meeting with that agency, they've got enough of a sense of who you are and that you're committed to the market to trust you enough to take a briefing and listen to what you have to say, because we've got a lot of companies that kind of come into the market like a bull in a China shop and they want to tell everybody, you know, what they do, but they just don't have that trust and haven't established that commitment yet. It is the one way, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about me before I, before I talk about what you're, what what you need. Yeah.
4: So, so your research into the messaging uh, helps you formulate Initial uh value points that they can bring to the market. When when you're looking at other people's stuff, if you see something that actually resonates, I tell my clients to emulate, if not outright borrow the concept. I know that's a little on the sneaky side, yeah. but there's
2: always ways to reshape something. Do you do you guys ever do that? We do. We do. I mean, like I said before, during the messaging process, there's obviously like the internal intake with the executive team. We're like, okay, where are you guys going? What's your strategy? What's your vision? How do you think you're unique? You know, all that good stuff, which has to be included. But then we do look externally. One is on the competitor side. What are the competitors saying? And then two is just the broad agency discussion or the market discussion. You know, what what policies, what directives, you know, what are folks aligning to? But on the competitive side you want to see one where the white space is. So maybe there's something that a competitor is saying, but there's a gap in the story that, you know, you can fill or you can build upon what they're saying. But if they do have a compelling, you know, value prop or use case that you also bring to the table, you know, we absolutely incorporate some of that stuff in the way we build strategies for, for, for clients as they kind of build out their external personas in the market. So You know, I I, I don't think we ever recommend outright stealing, but, you know, Mm -hmm. borrowing some of the good stuff and kind of shaping it in your own voice is absolutely on the table. Well, I mean, there's only so much new out
4: there, right? Yes. So we're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. If this seems to be going fast for you guys, it's going really fast for me and Matt. So we'll be back right after this.
6: your home it's your dream radon testing keep it healthy and clean make it green 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 making it green is making sure the air in your home is healthy for your family to breathe make sure you test your home for the presence of radon it's easy to learn more call 866-730-GREEN preserve your family's health and well-being get your home tested now that's living healthy and green. green It's your home, it's your dream Read on testing, keep it healthy and clean Make it green to learn more, call 866 730
0: GREEN. A message from the USCP. Your mission success depends on the security of your information. At Lidos, our scalable and high speed full spectrum cyber is that bedrock of security. We operate three of the four largest security operations centers for the federal government, applying decades of insights to deliver rapid, secure, and scalable cyber solutions for agencies of every size. When the mission is what matters most, Lidos delivers full spectrum cybersecurity at scale and at speed, leidos.com secure.
7: Akamai is the cloud company that powers and protects life online. As a trusted partner to U.S. federal defense, intelligence, and civilian agencies, Akamai is committed to enabling your cyber modernization and digital transformation journey. While improving user experience and application availability, we continue to support the most critical priorities for the public sector like zero trust, MFA, and micro segmentation. Learn how we're powering and protecting life
1: online at Akamai.com. That's A-K-A-M-A-I. How do you advance your career while still working full-time with an education that fits your schedule? Stratford University allows students the flexibility to access the course material 24-7 and finish their assignments at their convenience. Pursuing your master's degree has never been easier. You can do this. Find out about graduate programs in cybersecurity, digital forensics, information systems, accounting, and more at stratford.edu. That's stratford.edu. Stratford University. Changing lives, one student at a time.
6: Here's a highlight from Bill Herod, the public sector CTO at Avanti, on the DoD Cloud Exchange sponsored by Avanti.
7: By bringing together MobileIron, Pulse Secure, RiskSense, and and Avanti's neurons for cloud, Avanti is helping DoD discover, manage, secure, and service both on-premise and in the cloud and in hybrid deployment models.
6: Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DoD Cloud Exchange.
7: For the Department of Defense, Avanti makes the everywhere workplace possible. DoD's IT modernization requires harnessing automation, AI, security, and emerging technologies to secure the cloud in the hybrid enterprise. Avanti is a U.S.-based software company providing zero-trust security, unified endpoint management, mobile device management, risk-based vulnerability management, and enterprise service management solutions for GovCloud Fed ramp and on premise deployments visit Avanti.com. That's I V A N T I.com. Welcome
4: back to M Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here with uh, Matt Donovan of the Merit Group. He, he's here because I like what they do, uh, and that's it. So let's talk about shaping messages for, for specific things like account based activity. Everybody in the, the government market
2: has similar problems but there's variations on a theme. yeah no that's absolutely true mark and the way we the way we tackle it is you're gonna have brand messaging or we recommend brand messaging in the market this is the fundamental who we are in the government or public sector space what do we believe what do we bring to the table how is it different why does that difference matter and that's the stuff that you're going to see you know lead on the website, lead in top-level, you know, advertising. If they're going to do 30-second spots on federal news radio and T.O.P., what's the elevator pitch, right? Everybody needs that. However, you know, we know there are some very, very important contracts to the business success of, you know, the companies that do business in this market. And a lot of times the contracts are so strategic and so big that they warrant their own campaigns, so if you're facing a recompete with you know DHS or the Navy or NASA, and you've got to start positioning for you know what you can bring to the table as things get super super competitive in these procurements. So you know we we've done a lot of work with clients recently on okay what are the goals of this procurement? Who are the key decision makers? Where are they based? What are, what what events do they go to? What do they read? And really, really take a targeted approach that never is disconnected from the brand messaging. The company is who they are. They have certain DNA, but it needs to be expressed in a specific way that fundamentally addresses the challenge that that agency is trying to solve with the contract. So speaking directly to NASA's IT leadership, or directly to the, you know, the border mission lead, you know, within, uh, you know, customs and border protection or something like that. So we found that getting that specific in advance of, you know, big, you know, big procurements has been really, really effective in, you know, paving the way for a lot of contracting success for our clients. Cool. Um, So I want to touch on
4: something, uh, I guess, a little bit broader. The, the challenges you face when you're working with executives on messaging, I, I run across people who say, our message has worked forever, we're not changing, uh, our corporate ad agency out here in Silicon Valley knows everything, but I, they, they've
2: never done government. What's wrong with this picture? We've seen, I remember I was at a, I was at a FedScoop event and a company, which I will not name pretty much brought their commercial sales pitch to the stage. And I mean, if, if booing were socially acceptable, I think it would have happened. People were walking out, they were checking their phones. I mean, it was it was a clear cut example, as you know, all too well that this market speaks a little bit of a different language. And if you're coming in and you're not speaking that language, boy. You can you can lose trust and credibility really, really quickly. And we have had to work with executives that, again, they kind of they start from a foundation of my company is great because, and we're going to kind of convince the audience of this. But you really have to marry it with the why it matters, right to the to the target audience. I think a lot of what you do and how you do it is important. But if it's not anchored to the ultimate goal and not even from like a, a how perspective, like a technology perspective, but like a, the ultimate goal of the agency, we, uh, you know, a lot of our clients, you know, they sort of go to market talking about their products and their solutions, right? I would say our smarter clients and our counsel is to go to market in terms of use cases. These are the four ways we can help our, you know, target audiences in this market. This is the four ways we can really help an agency transform or solve a problem that they're, you know, they're struggling with. And it's just, again, it's starting with that customer challenge and working back, which is, we found is so much more successful. Have you ever asked a
4: client that's new to the market, if they're targeting a specific agency, to read the OM53 submission? Before
2: starting, honestly, we probably should more. That's a great idea, Mark.
4: You know, if they're not grasping what the agency wants in the next 36 months, and they're still coming in with this, uh, you know, commercial message yeah. that may resonate, may not. How how hard is that education process? Because I've I've talked to some people, and I, I actually leave the room. Because it's like talking to a pet rock. I'm just going, you don't get it later. Um, Don't call.
2: (laughs) I think, you know, it it varies. And, you know, the ones that are a little bit more self-aware and know what they don't know and do have an empathy for kind of staying open-minded and, you know, learning about best practices for communicating in the market. Those are the ones that, you know, we love to work with and have typically yielded successful relationships, but there's certainly the category that you're talking about, which it's kind of, they try to jam the commercial playbook into public sector, and there's just too many differences and too many variables for that to be, for that to be effective, so. My my favorites are companies started by the techies,
4: but the techies stay in the CEO role instead of migrating to a CTO role. Yes. And they they think the quality of their product slash service is going to sell itself. Well, if that
2: were the case, we'd be writing in word perfect right now. Yeah. And they want to talk about, you know, features. And kind of very minute differences in the actual product where that's not what a lot of, you know, the decision makers want to hear, especially outside the CIO shop, which, you know, we work a lot of tech companies and obviously the CIO, um, you know, the CISO, those are really key decision makers. But a lot of times the technology is in support of a mission goal. And there's a mission lead that needs to be convinced that has budget authority that this is a really good investment and this is why. And if you're not talking to that person on his or her level in his or her terms, you know, you're just you're just not going to get anywhere. And oftentimes those program managers are harder to get in touch with
4: than the CIO. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're busy doing stuff. (laughs) That's <laughs> true. That's true. So your, your value prop when you're pitching these guys just for that 10-minute talk better be on target. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to get started on another topic yet. We'll save that time for our last segment. So we're going to take a break. You're listening to Tower Off Center on the Federal News Network. Matt and I will be back for a longer segment right after this.
0: As you navigate the uncertainties of our new reality federal news network is here to guide you through it download our revamped mobile app for all the latest news and information on your agency's evolving telework pay and leave policies acquisition guidance and what this all means for your tsp we are here to serve you the dedicated federal employees and contractors who continue to serve your mission the federal news network app available on the app store and on google play
6: Jason Miller's Reporter's Notebook is the Insider's Guide to the Federal Community. Subscribe at Federal News Network.
7: Whether you're migrating to the cloud, from the cloud, or between clouds, protecting your data and ensuring business continuity are critical priorities. Veritas can help you build a unified multi-cloud strategy with resiliency at its core to help ensure strategic and mission-critical decisions. Our enterprise data services platform is designed to give government agencies the confidence and control to transform, protect, and optimize your multi-cloud. Visit veritas.com forward slash government for more information
0: if you owe the irs back taxes get ready to pay up the irs has an army of tax collectors to track you down they are relentless don't wait until it's too late call the experts at optima tax relief optima works to stop the aggressive collection actions and fights to get you the best deal possible they have an
7: a-plus rating with the better business bureau call optima now for your free consultation call 800-354-2840 800-354-2840 optima tax relief For details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
3: Women hear a lot about self-care these days. Advice on ways to relax, exercise, eat healthy, and more. Those are all great. But one of the most important self-care steps we can take is making sure we're financially secure later in life. That means saving money for retirement. It's never too late to start. And it's the kind of self-care that brings peace of mind that lasts. For small steps you can take to save for retirement, visit WeSaySaveIt.org. That's WeSaySaveIt.org. A message. From AARP and the Ad Council.
2: Federal News Network. Hi, this is Executive Editor Jason Miller, host of Ask the CIO.
0: Check out my weekly conversations with agency CIOs, CISOs, and other high level IT leaders. Find out what's on their minds as we examine the issues all IT offices have to tackle cyber, cloud, big data, IoT, consolidation, budget, and workforce. It's the talk of the IT community. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 on Federal News Network or subscribe to Ask the CIO on iTunes or Podcast One.
1: When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission.
4: Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Matt Donovan of the Merit Group, M-E-R-R-I-T-T-G-R-P dot com. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can find Matt on LinkedIn, oddly enough. So the we're talking about the explosion of all these digital channels. They're changing the way the messaging's delivered to the market. You know, anybody who hasn't been following this, who's in marketing, really needs to shoot themselves. So, but in, in our market, um it it's it's never gonna be cutting edge on, you know using Instagram or TikTok that may weasel in so um, you develop messages for people how do you determine which channels are are best predicated on how truly niche our market is
2: yeah absolutely and i think we are seeing more and more adoption of digital channels and we mentioned you know the market connections study which you know, shows data in terms of where people are going digitally for information in terms of the government market. We have had a ton of success on LinkedIn, which I know warms your heart, Mark. But oh, the yeah. ability to <laughs> talk to a specific role within a specific agency in a specific geo on a platform where people are already sort of in that work mindset, they're looking for work information, professional connections, professional data. That We've seen a ton of ROI, and even though they're a little bit more expensive than some of the other platforms, but I'd much rather spend money getting value on LinkedIn than sort of taking maybe a more scattershot approach on a Twitter or Facebook where, to be quite honest, we haven't seen the returns. I think where it gets interesting is when you're going to a very, very niche subsegment of the market. And I'll give one example in terms of roles we've had a number of clients that have needed to reach the developer community and the software engineering community within the federal market. And that, you know, that person might not be someone who's reading federal computer week or going to FCA meetings. They are talking with other developers online in forums like Reddit. So we've had to get very, very creative or maybe a little bit outside the box in terms of reaching folks that are actually going to use the the software that our clients provide to build stuff. I think, you know, the other, the other way we segment the market and, you know, we joke about this, but, you know, thinking about federal as a one size fits all market is, you know, preposterous. You've got, you know, federal health, defense, Homeland security, you know, IRS. This is really, it's such a disparate market in terms of, you know, leadership and missions, and they all go to different events read different publications, engage with different content online, you know, to educate themselves and help them do their jobs better. And I think understanding those nuances is just really, really critical in, you know, helping companies navigate the market. Yeah. And, you know, the
4: the sub communities on LinkedIn is extensive. There's about 3 million groups and about a third of those are private groups. So we don't even know what the heck they are. Yeah. Um, and I've encouraged some of those people in those more technical IC-related niches to make their groups private and to really vet the people who are coming in. It's invite only anyway. But you know, we we had uh, Clubhouse. Yes. Um, you know that was that seemed to be uh, you know gaining a tiny bit of traction six months ago, and I haven't even heard of it in the last ninety days. I don't think anything is going to replace LinkedIn anytime soon, but, you know, it's just like social selling. Social selling doesn't replace sales or BD. It's an adjunct activity. So some of these networks are going to be adjunct to LinkedIn. Yes. Um, And finding them is is the trick. So... When you find somebody's profile who is deeply embedded in that software development, whatever niche it is, um, you know, scouring their profile, go down to the bottom and click on their interests, and then click on their groups. You're going to find some interesting things on some of the profiles that you never would have found otherwise.
2: Absolutely, so, and it's like you know, developers are a perfect example where. You know, I don't think they think of themselves as federal developers. They think of themselves as developers. They think of themselves as people that build software, right? And they go to the same places that, you know, other software developers go. But if you can reach them with a message that's more germane to the actual organization that they work for, a federal agency, you know, it's going to be that much more compelling and you're going to, you know, you're going to be building an actual relationship, so yeah they're they're going to go where
4: the ideas are being created so they may go to a gamer development community which has been extraordinary in in their innovation yes and you know they may be producing you know mario part 10 you know version 10 but the 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 tools they're using to get there are what these guys are looking for so Here's a problem that I run across, and I know you run across it more than I do. Yep. I have a client that calls and said, I hear you did some work with so-and-so. I'm going, well, actually, I'm still working with so-and-so. And they go, oh, well, then you can't work for me. And I'm going, why? Yeah. Um, so when you, when you have a company that is com- already with you and they're competitive to somebody who's kicking your tires, what do you say to the tire ticker
2: yeah it's a great question and it's a it's a it's a tough one and the irony is if you've worked with a similar organization you're really bringing more domain expertise to the potential engagement so you're actually you're actually probably more valuable to the to the prospect than you would be had you not worked with the competitor i would say it's such a tricky market we steer clear of working with direct competitors this is the you know the two or three companies that you're running into all the time and you know i hesitate to throw out examples but they kind of they know the the one or two companies that are really going to really going to be a no go right but i think in this market where you know competitors become friends friends become competitors it's a little bit more I would say nuanced, and I think we've definitely had less of an issue, say, working with a big consulting firm and also a big systems integrator that maybe they run into each other on some services contracts, but they're not facing each other in every part of the market all the time. The other thing I would say is when there is some potential concern over crossover, And the concern is, you know, the concerns tend to be sort of well-founded where you don't want a team member bringing competitive intelligence over or you don't want a team member, you know, taking messaging from one client and bringing it over and repurposing it for another client. But what we like to do, even when the competitive conflict isn't, you know, insanely intense, is really keep the team separate. So you've got, you know, a group working on advancing the interest and market position of that company uniquely. And then you've got a whole other team equally as qualified, you know, driving, you know, similar interest for uh, another client. But it can get tricky and it can uh, the waters can get muddy in, uh, in federal contracting. There's no doubt. Yeah,
4: I, I had a conversation once. Fortunately, this one doesn't happen often. But somebody came and said, I know you work with these guys. I want to work with you so you can tell me what you did for them. And that that's a conversation stopper for me because the ethics with which you approach this market are absolutely key to how successful you are going to be. What you said about relationships, if people don't know you, like you, and trust you, you aren't going anywhere. And that applies to agencies as much as
2: any you know prime sub you know anybody in our market that's a red line i'm glad you brought that up mark where there is no scenario where we are sharing competitive intelligence or ip that we learned working with one organization with a new organization that works in that space i think the one thing that that you can bring is you've just operated in that market sector so your team is, you know, really, really up on the issues around AI that are happening within DOD or across the market. And you can bring some of that learning to maybe a new engagement, but under no circumstances are we bringing, you know, client IP or, you know, intellectual property to the to a new engagement. Yeah. So as you know, I
4: recommended a fairly large company uh, talk to you not, not long back, a couple weeks back. Yep. And, uh, you know. I did not look at your client roster before I recommended this company. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it matters because yeah. I recommend the, you know, I'm not an ad agency. I'm an advisor. Uh, and you do a lot of, you know, agencies do a lot of things that I, I don't, and I don't want to, cause I do them not well. What I do, I do very well. Right. So, but you know, I, I vet companies like Merit quite thoroughly before I, you know, put
2: my reputation on the line saying, you got to talk to these folks. Yeah, and we always appreciate that. And, the, you know, the other thing where you can you can find some wiggle room, too, is if, if the companies just have vastly different goals, right? Like, we're doing a lot of campaigns trying to reach and engage talent. You know, we got a lot of clients that, you know, they're trying to bring on cyber (laughs) and engineers and different geos. And it's like, that's a recruiting campaign. That's way different than trying to build a brand or help a company win contracts. And a lot of our clients, that some of the bigger players they're like, Oh, you're just doing recruiting for them. All right, we're fine. You know, we're, we're totally cool with that. And we're transparent about that and we're upfront, but a lot of times, you know, it's just the goals are so different. The audiences are so different that, um, you know a lot of a lot of clients don't even care we we could do a
4: whole show on the need for good recruiting tactics matt, thank you so much for joining me today man i appreciate it thank you for having me mark always a pleasure uh indeed again matt donovan merit group m-e-r-r-i-t-t-g-r-p.com find Matt on LinkedIn Uh, reach out and have a chat with him you know you'll learn something this is not my day job I advise companies particularly in the arena of social selling building a subject matter expert platform and content marketing and weaving those together in a social selling context so if that resonates give me a call Uh, drop me a line at Mark at gmail.com and thanks for listening to Amtower Off-Center
6: You've been listening to Tower Off-Center on Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.
3: Here's a highlight from Bill Wright, the Senior Director for North American Government Affairs at Splunk on the DoD Cloud Exchange, sponsored by Splunk. In today's complex world of distributed services and microservice-based applications, it's really imperative
2: that organizations cut through the noise of their multi-cloud hybrid environments so that they're able to detect um, and eliminate those incidences quickly.
3: Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search DoD Cloud Exchange. Splunk, a recognized leader in log management and security orchestration automation and response, is helping strengthen our national cybersecurity posture by designing packages for federal agencies that address cyber incident response requirements per executive order OMB-M2131. Agencies must act quickly. Splunk understands the cybersecurity challenges agencies are facing and is prepared to enhance federal cyber capabilities to help the federal government meet their mission. Splunk. We turn data into doing. Visit splunk.com slash public sector.
7: A federal career can last 30 years or more, and so can your federal retirement. Tune in for your benefit every Monday morning to get the information you need to plan your retirement, maximize your federal benefits, and increase your financial savvy. For your benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WEPA, offers valuable information on topics of interest to the federal employee. Join us each Monday at 10.05 a.m. on Federal News Network. For additional information, visit nitpinc.com.
6: It's springtime and things are warming up. That means getting outside and signing up for the Feds in Motion Challenge. Join us from across the U.S. to run, walk, bike, swim, or roll 36 miles in 36 days and show your support for federal employees and their charity, the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, celebrating 36 years of helping federal families. The challenge starts on Sunday, May 1st and runs through June 5th. Register now at feea.org challenge to join the fun and get your swag box. What's best for you in your federal career? And what comes next? Your turn with Mike Causey. Search your turn.
2: WFED Washington. WTOP FM HD2 Washington. W283 DG Sterling. WTLP FM HD2 Braddock Heights, Frederick. Portions pre-recorded. Federal News Network. <laughs>